0: Okay. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. I know. I know. I know. You guys haven't heard my voice in a long time. It's what It's been a week and a half. See, it doesn't feel like a long time, but I I mean, with all of with everything that's going on in the sports world, it just feels like a long time. But I know my apologies for a week and a half. I've been out. I've been out for a week and a half. And you guys haven't heard my voice. I haven't dropped any episodes. I haven't dropped new episodes since, what, two Fridays ago? I think it was two or, uh, or last, the Tuesday before last, right? The Tuesday before last, I have. I did not drop. I, that's the last time I dropped the episode. So apologies for that. I've been busy. Um, obviously, I, I, and I, all, I was also under the weather. I was also a little bit sick. So that's been a little update, but I have missed so much. I mean, I don't even know where to start. Uh, we're coming off a big time sports weekend. Obviously, college football, Alabama loss, and so forth. Uh, Texas and m they got a a shocking upset uh, over Alabama. Um, we could talk about Tyson Fury and the Wilder fight. So many playoff baseball is going on, and so forth. Uh, I'm a. I am I got to I gotta talk about that for a little bit. Um, and then obviously the NFL season, I mean, so much has happened. The Urban Meyer situation, uh, now John Gruden. So there's just so many, so many stories on so many things we can get to either on or off the field. Uh, the NBA season is a right. It's right around the corner. So a lot like this is, I think. I, I often tell people this all the time. I think around this time of the year, October, like mid-October, or going into mid-October, this is probably one of the best times as a sports fan because there's something on literally every night. If there, if it's not playoff baseball, it's, you know, it's the NFL. Uh, you got some college football on Saturdays, on the weekends. Obviously, the NFL is on Sunday as well. Um, and then now you're getting some – you're getting, some, you're getting some NBA basketball back now And then college basketball will be arriving soon So, like, it's just This is obviously, like, around this time Mid-October is the most Like, this is a sports fan's dream Where there's something to watch Every single night, basically So, like I said I have been um, I've missed some time My apologies I missed some time But with that being said Uh, On Friday, on on Friday's episode, this is obviously Wednesday's episode, but on Friday's episode uh, or I should say Saturday's episode, excuse me, Saturday's episode, I will have a special guest. I have I have a special guest coming on onto the pod on Saturday. So stay tuned to that. Stay, Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for this episode too. don't go nowhere. But first and foremost, <clears throat> before we even get into any, you know, topics or so forth, I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kidd of the Isaiah Kidd Podcast. So, as I've said, I have missed a lot of time, and it, there's a lot we we can get into. Uh, I do want to start with this, though. With playoff baseball going on, it would be remiss of me if, it, you know, you guys know, I have no problem saying, hey, I was wrong. I have no problem doing that. But this one feels a little bit different. (laughs) This one feels a little bit different. But I'm going to do it anyway. So beginning of the baseball season, uh, during spring, right, spring training, you guys know the Boston listenership. uh, And and speaking of listenership, shouts out to all the regular listeners. Shouts out to – if you're a first-time listener, shouts out to you. If you're a regular listener, shouts out to you. If you're a listener that, you know, share this podcast, get people hip about this podcast, shouts out to you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love the way how we're growing and so forth. But, you know, the Boston listenership could be a bit critical, right? Um, So I do. I do owe an apology to the Boston Red Sox. I did not think the Boston Red Sox were going to make it to the ALCS. Um. They, they, in they, and then, you know, at at this point, they have a good, they have a, they have as good as a shot to win it all as anybody at this point, right? So, it, I, I do, I gotta, I, I, must apologize. The Boston Red Sox, they, they, they proved me wrong. I did not think they were gonna make the playoffs. <clears throat> they made the playoffs and they've won a playoff series, and could possibly do more. So. It's a lot. That's why I say it's a lot I've been missing. Um. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh. So the chief, the Chiefs, the Bills. I gotta talk about that. Let's start right. Let's start. I, you know what? I have so many things we can start, or so many places we can start. We can start with the Patriots, and I want to talk. I want to talk about some quarterbacks as well. But Chiefs Bills. Sunday Night Football the bills i think made a statement to, to the entire nfl like i think we can all agree the bills are pretty good they were good they were they were really good last year uh they were one game away from one win away from being in the super bowl so th- this bills team is really really good and i've been talking about this bill's team throughout the off season and leading up to the nfl season i've talked about how good they are and i've talked about how they fixed their weaknesses because if you look at the Bills team from last year, they were the two like weaknesses that really stood out were the fact that they couldn't run the football effectively. um. So they became very pass happy at times. And then defensively they didn't, they couldn't generate a pass rush. Those two things look like they've, they have been solved mainly the pass rush. If you can generate a pass rush with four guys, which means without blitzing, you're doing a really good job. So in the Bills, they can they have shown that they can generate some type of pass rush without happening to blitz or calling blitz. Their secondary last year was pretty good, but um it was optim- it was very optimistic. But this year they now have a front four that can generate pressure Um, So their DBs and their secondary doesn't have to cover for as long. And they did have a really convincing win over the Kansas City Chiefs, 38 to 20 at Arrowhead. And I could talk about how good Buffalo is, right? And I, I, I just did a little bit. Josh Allen had a really good day, 315 yards, three touchdowns on 26 passing attempts. Also, he rushed for another 60 yards and a touchdown. So I could talk about how good Josh Allen and the Bills look, uh, and they look very Super Bowl bound. They look like the best team in the AFC right now. And I could go over that a little bit later. But the Kansas City Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, I and I've been looking at, I've been, you know, I've been hearing some people throughout the media, throughout sports media, uh, throughout the NFL. A lot of people are down on Kansas City. Now, a lot of people are down. let me let let me be voice. let me be the voice of reasoning here. this team and, and, by, and this this chiefs team they have a lot of flaws. I now let me say this. I do think they still have a chance to be really good. I think this chief's team is still I think it's I think it can still be really good, but they have a lot of flaws, a lot of flaws. and the first one is is something that. Have been a flaw, but they've been able, they've been able to overcome it because they're just so electrifying offensively. And it's the fact that they can't run the football. Kansas City cannot run the football. They they do, and and as 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 creative as Andy Reid is as a offensive mind, these little gimmicks and tactics to trying to run the football or trying to de- de- develop or establish some type of running game. It doesn't work. And that's what leads to happen. That's what leads to Patrick Mahomes happening to throw 54 times. As great as Patrick Mahomes is, as much as I like Patrick Mahomes, I think he's awesome. I think he's probably the best quarterback in football. But it is not that's not a recipe for success consistently if your quarterback, and I don't care who it is, if your quarterback has to drop back and throw the ball 54 times. And get this, look at this stat. The Bills, Josh Allen only threw the ball 26 times and ended up with just, he he ended up with more yards than Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes threw the ball two times as much. So that shows me that Kansas City offensively, they can't do anything. They can't do anything. And maybe, maybe we should credit the Bills a little bit more. But I feel like there is this within within sports media, what I've been hearing, it seems like people think that the Chiefs have been figured out. But I'm not I'm not I'm not ready to go that far. I like I said, I still think this is a really good football team. I'm not ready to go that far. But this Chiefs football team is majorly flawed their defense is amongst is amongst the worst in the league like their defense is bad their defense over the last couple years their Super Bowl years the the years that they got into the Super Bowl their defense have been optimistic and um sort of like bend but don't break this defense is breaking all over the place it it, is cracks all over this defense it, it it's it's cracks all over this defense. Um, it was it was also kind of a telltale sign. The first couple weeks versus Cleveland and Baltimore, where this Kansas City defense was just getting physically dominated. But then, I, you know, I told myself, and I and I, and as I told you guys, those first two weeks, I was like, you know, Cleveland, Baltimore. They're both physical teams. Both teams run the ball. That's what they're going to do. But week in and week out, the Chargers had an upset victory over the, over the Chiefs. Now it's the Bills that, that went into Arrowhead and beat Kansas City. That's two teams that went into Arrowhead and beat Kansas City. And, and, and it's like, uh, Kansas City at 2-3, and three, you know, you're sitting, you're looking, it's like, and this is and, and and this is much credit. This and this is why we got to give the props. We got to give props when props are due. The New England dynasty, twenty years. The fact and and, and you because you look at that Kansas City. This is what year three. <laughs> this is year three within the dynasty, in the quote unquote dynasty of the of the Chiefs or this of this run. This is year three, and first five games of the season they're two and three. They haven't looked great. This team is just, it's flaws all over the place. They can't run the football effectively. They have, they got some key injuries. It's just all over the place for Kansas City. So when you look at that Patriots dynasty that lasted for 20 years, you're like, damn. The, 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 the consistency, because the NFL, it is not designed for a team to have a 20 year dynasty. It's just not. Because the way how it's designed, it's designed if you're a if you're a bottom feeder team, if you're a last place team, the NFL, the league is designed for you to get better quicker. Like literally, you get you get the highest draft pick. You get the easier schedules. You tend to have easier schedules and so forth. Like, so it's designed for bad teams to get good. And this Patriots dynasty, you look at it, you got you, you you look at what Kansas City is going through right now, just in year three of their little run of their dominance, quote unquote. And you look at what the Patriots were able to do over a span of 20 years consistently. You marvel at it. You 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 marvel at New England and what they were able to do because you're looking at Kansas City and you're like, damn it. Damn. And, and, and we and, and mind you, we have had dyna we have had teams like like Kansas City. Like, for instance, Seattle. Seattle with the Legion of Boom. Every after Seattle won their first Super Bowl, everybody thought Seattle was going to be this 10-year dynasty. They were gonna win multiple rings. Like everybody thought Seattle was gonna be the team of the decade. After they won that first Super Bowl championship, they was like, oh, we was like, oh man, they got a good offensive line, they got a young quarterback, they got a great defense, young secondary. Like this team, they got a couple more, they got they they possibly got a couple more championships in them. And they get back to the Super Bowl, they lose in the Super Bowl in heartbreaking fashion. And then they dis, they dismantled the team. And ever since then, it's been Russell Wilson putting on his Superman cape. And they haven't gotten back to the divisional round since 20, since that last time they went to the Super Bowl. They haven't made the passes. They, they haven't made the pass the divisional round since the last time they went to the Super Bowl. So there's been runs where we thought, hey, damn, this team looks like they can go on a run. And it just doesn't. It, it never. It never materializes that way. Now I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not saying Kansas City won't ever make it back to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes can't turn this season around. I'm not saying none of those things. In my opinion, I think they will turn it around. I think eventually they will turn it around. I think. Um, I don't know. Their division is pretty. We don't. It's oh, like do we really buy the, the Raiders? Do we really buy them? They had a first. They had they, they had a first couple. You know, their first couple weeks were pretty good. But do we really buy the Raiders as an all? As, as like as, like come on. And then now they having their own inner t- turmoil with John Gruden and his situation, right? Do we really buy the Denver Broncos? Like I, I think Denver is a solid team. I don't know if they're going to be a team, or uh, I don't know if they're a, a caliber team where they're going to be good enough where they can potentially hold out Kansas City from the playoffs. I'm not sure. And I do think the Chargers are legit. I do. I think the Chargers are legit. And you will see that with my top 10 list. But with Kansas City, you're looking at this run over the last three years that they've been on, and there's been a lot of leaps and bounds a lot of highs and lows. You even look at their Super Bowl run. Look at the year the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They trailed 24 to nothing behind Houston. They trailed versus, they were down 10 points versus Tennessee. And they got thoroughly outplayed by the 49ers in the Super Bowl for the first three quarters. And then you look at the Super Bowl last year, they were thoroughly outplayed by Tampa Bay. So, this I'm not saying Kansas City isn't good. I'm not saying they were never good. You guys know I'm pro Kansas City. I'm pro Patrick Mahomes. I'm like I I love I love the elements that Kansas City have. But they have flaws in some really serious areas. They have a lot of flaws in some serious areas. They can't stop the run. Their defense is atrocious. It doesn't matter if it's through the air or being able to stop the running game. They're atrocious defensively. And then offensively, they can't run the football. They can't run the football, which means you have to throw it every single down. And like I said, I love Patrick Mahomes. I think he's awesome. I think he's great. But to ask your quarterback to to drop back and throw the football 54 times or 50 times on a weekly basis, I don't think that's necessarily the recipe for success. And when I mean success, I mean like, Winning Super Bowls. I don't think that is it. I think Kansas City got to find some type of balance defensively. I-, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to make a move in the you know in the trade deadline. I don't know what that would look like, what that could be, but they got to clean this up because five weeks in, they have the worst defense in the league. They have they the Clyde Edwards-Elair draft pick does not look too good. They have no running game. Patrick Mahomes seems a bit flustered, and for obvious reasons, when you got to throw the, when you got to throw the ball fifty four times, it, it could be a bit overwhelming. Get this: Mahomes has six interceptions this year so far. Already five games in, six interceptions. He had six interceptions all of last year, so that gives you a little bit of context of what Kansas City is going through right now. But let's shift gears. Um, Let's shift gears to Dallas Cowboys. I want to talk about the Cowboys. I want to talk about the Cowboys. Now, I don't want to say I'm right uh, because, like I told you guys, I'm, I'm right often. I'm right a lot. And I told you guys, after the week one loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I told you guys, from basically week two all the way up to week 10, the Cowboys, that was their stretch where they compile up a bunch of Ws. And what do you know? The Cowboys have done that. Week two, they beat the Chargers. Week three, they beat the Eagles. Week four, they beat the Panthers. Week five, they won a divisional game over the Giants. Week six, they had the Patriots coming up. Um and and now you're looking at their schedule. You look. You go deeper into their schedule. They play Kansas City at Kansas City week 11. The way how Kansas City is looking right now, especially defensively, that is very much a winnable game for the Cowboys. The Raiders, the Saints, like, and then you have a bunch of division games at the end. You got the Cardinals at week 17. But the Cowboys. <clears throat> I think the Cowboys, and I haven't, I haven't talked, I haven't touched on like the NFC pitch like playoff picture, and so forth. Not quite yet. It's Still a little too early for that, because uh, you guys know I do my Super Bowl bubble um, as far as teams that I think are Super Bowl quality teams, um, and you know I, I I do a good job at trying to you know have a solid difference between a playoff team. A team that can win a couple playoff games and a team uh, or teams that may seem Super Bowl caliber and the Cowboys right and I'm not saying the Cowboys are Super Bowl caliber I'm not going to say that yet, but the Cowboys seem to me they look this is this is probably the most balanced Cowboys team I have seen in a long time in a long time. Because usually Cowboy teams are really talented offensively. They got a lot of weapons offensively. And the problem usually is never offensively. It's usually defensively where they have usually lack some talent. They lack some depth. They can't get stops at crucial times. And that's what really digs them in. But this Cowboy team is probably the most balanced Cowboys team I have seen in probably in the last decade. Not going to lie to you. Not going to lie to you. This is probably the most talented, this is probably the most, not going to say the most talented, but the most balanced Cowboy team that I have seen in the last probably 10 years. They're able, they're finally able to turn over the football. Guess who leads the league in interceptions? The Dallas Cowboys. A big part of that is Trayvon Diggs. The emergence of Trayvon Diggs as a star corner in this league. He showed flashes the second half of the year where he started to be, uh, very much aggressive, and he was turnover football. I think he got I think to end off the year he had like three, four interceptions. So like he 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 became a ball hawk and very aggressive, and it's done nothing but carry over into this season where five weeks in he has six interceptions. You know, there's three things guaranteed in life right now, death. Taxes and Trayvon Diggs catching the interception on Sunday, like he is automatic. He's automatic. I don't. And at, at this point, I don't know why quarterbacks even try to throw that way because his passer rating, thirty nine point six. Quarterbacks passer rating thirty nine point six going at Trayvon Diggs. That is the lowest in the league. Better than lower lower than Jalen Ramsey lower than Tre'Davious White. Trayvon Diggs has been probably the defensive player of the year so far in football and the Cowboys defense, despite not having DeMarcus Lawrence Cowboys defense looked pretty good. It's, it's, it's look pretty good. I'm not saying it's the best defense in football, but as I told you guys coming into the season, I predicted that the Cowboys, we knew the Cowboys offensively weren't going to have no problems. That was Sure. There were some questions about the offensive line. There were some questions about Zeke and you know how much he has left in the tank. There were some questions about that. But offensively, we knew the Cowboys could put up points. We knew that. Like the Cowboys scoring 30 points, 34 points, 40 points, that's no surprise. We knew they can put up points. We know that. But we didn't know that the Cowboys were going to be able to get stops. We didn't know that the Cowboys are going to be able to accumulate turnovers at the rate that they accumulate them at. We didn't know that. And as I predicted coming into the season, I predicted that the Cowboys will win. Uh, I, think, I think I said 10 and six, or well, 10 and seven. I predicted they'd go 10 and seven. Um, offense will be elite, and their defense will be better than what it was last year. And boy, oh boy, was that an understatement as far as defensively? It's been better. It's obviously it's better than what it would, it's better than what it was last year, but this defense has turned into one of the most ball hawking and more uh, one of the more turnover prone defenses. They're turning over teams and giving their really good offense short fields. So the Cowboys look legit. They look legit. They look legit. And as the season goes on. I think this will be like week six at New England. I think it'd be a good test. Even though New England, they may not look the greatest right now. Um, they're, they're a bit offensively limited. They, I mean, that's they just are. They, that's the fact of the matter. New England, and I told you guys, New England's a bit offensively limited. But defensively, they're able to keep, stay in games, keep games close because their defense is and in the, the brains that they have on that side of the football. So that'd be a good test for Dallas going up to new England, middle of October. That'd be a really good test for Dallas. But I think Dallas is legit. Um, looking at the teams throughout the NFC. I think, I I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not ready to make some type of proclamation that they're going to just be this over, just overwhelming world beater. But I do think Dallas, just looking, you know, obviously the Cardinals are, you know they've boy had they proved me wrong <laughs> Have the Cardinals proved me wrong um they're they're obviously flying high, the Rams obviously are still there, the buccaneers are obviously still there, the Packers are still there, um but there's some teams, I think Dallas is right in that mix where they're right now. At the, at, you know, the way how they're playing, they're they are as good as anybody in the NFC right now. Right now, they are as good as anybody in the NFC. The way how they're playing defense, the way how they turn over the football, and then you pound that with their offense of fight with their offensive firepower. They're as good as anybody in NFC right now. Point blank period. Point blank period. And you guys may think I'm a homer. No. They're as good as anybody in the NFC right now, the way how they're playing football. Simple as that. But I'll catch you guys at this quick break. <clears throat> um, more NFL stuff to get into. A lot more NFL stuff to dive into. I want to talk about some quarterbacks as well. Hey, y'all, what do you mean? Okay, you want some new sportswear? You want some new sports apparel? You want to rep your favorite team? What are you waiting for? Go over to the 47 brand. They have up to a 30% sale right now. Up to a 30% sale right now at the 47 brand. They have your favorite teams. It don't matter what sport, what league. It can be college football. It can be NBA, NFL, MLB, um, NHL. It does not matter. The 47 brand has it. Go over there. Rep your favorite team. Don't miss out on that sale. The 47 brand. All right, so... All right, we're about 20 about 27 and a half minutes into the episode. So, uh let me I want to talk about quarterbacks. And you guys know, I go into a real deep discussion about these quarterbacks and certain quarterbacks. And certain people ask me, they like, "Wow. Uh like how are you able to like to judge these quarterbacks cuz this before the season started, Mike Sando of the Athletic, he came out with this quarterbacks tiers list. And I told you guys when I when I when I did the episode or dedicated a segment to his quarterback tier list, I felt that this was probably the best quarterbacks tiers list I ever that I've seen of recent note of recent note. I feel like that's the best quarterback tier list um, of the way how he actually labels the actual tiers in each individual quarterback and then uh the groupings of the quarterbacks and which tier they're in. Um, so I thought that was probably the most accurate one, and you can go back and listen to that. That was before the season. But people ask me, like, hey, how do you what, what's your opinion on certain guys? What's your opinion on certain quarterbacks? And I I I, I try to I try to be as as blunt as like transparent because some of these guys, like some, like somebody asked about Taylor Heineke, Washington football fan. He he asked me, "Uh, how good is Taylor Heineke?" I'm like, I don't know. I, I I don't think I don't necessarily think Taylor Heineke is a franchise quarterback. Uh, with I don't I don't think he's that. I I just don't. He he does have some really good moments. He's had some really he's had some really good moments for Washington, but I don't necessarily think he's the answer. And Mac Jones, like. You know, we think of we, we talk about these young quarterbacks so much. We give give them so much praise. Um, or we, you know, we criticize them too much, so forth. But I tell you this all the time. I tell I tell my, I, I tell you guys this all the time. Coaches, certain coaches, certain teams, they kind of give it away about how they feel about the quarterback. So that's how I feel about the quarterback. If a team, if a coach tells me, just based off their, based off of their decision-making, how they feel about their quarterback, then I'm going to go off of that. And for example, a couple weeks ago, I am so pissed, I could not talk about this game, but Bucks and the Patriots, the Bucs and the Patriots, Bill Belichick made an interesting decision, a decision that was a bit questionable and a bit head-scratching. Uh, A decision that you typically wouldn't see, you you would think Belichick would make a much wiser decision because Belichick is meticulous, really good with clock management and time management. But on a fourth and three, near field goal range, all you got to get is three yards. Mind you, your kicker and Nick Folk is a bit hurt. He's injured. He's hobbled. In the middle of a rainstorm, he hasn't kicked a fifty-plus-yard field goal, and and Lord knows when. Oh yeah, it gets three yards, and if you if you get the first down, you ensure that Brady doesn't get the ball back, and you you win the game. Well, instead, Belichick decided to bring his aging, hobbled kicker out for a long field goal attempt that he has not attempted in years instead of putting the ball in Mac Jones' hands, What does that tell me? And, I and, and, and you know, people call me a hater. I, I'm not a hater. I just tell it like it is. I think Mac Jones – and I'm not saying – this is not a bang on Mac Jones because I, I have multiple examples. But what what is New England telling me? What is Bill Belichick telling me? He doesn't trust Mac Jones yet. It's fourth and three. 4th and 3, Tampa Bay secondary, highly, highly questionable, highly suspect. All you got to get is 3 yards. All you got to get is 3 yards. If you get the 3 yards, if you get the first down, you ensure that it's a – you're guaranteed that it's a shorter field goal, right? Nick Falk doesn't have to attempt a kick that he hasn't attempted in years. (laughs) But, no, instead – and plus, not to mention, it was a rainstorm. So, all of that taken into account, Belichick still brings Mac Jones off the field. Doesn't trust him. And people ask me, and people wonder why I say Mac Jones has a low ceiling. His coach is telling me. His coach is telling me they don't trust him. I, and, I, and, I, and like I told you guys, I think Mac Jones, I think he's a high floor player. I think he's a high floor, low ceiling type of player. He's not going to, I think he's more of a game manager. I don't think he's the guy that's going to just put up a, a gazillion yard. I don't think, I don't think that's him. I think he's, I think he's a high floor player. If you have the, the, if you have the represent pieces around him, I think he could be, he can look really good. If you have the the represent pieces around him. But people ask me, what do you think of certain guys? And I'm like, I, and I look at some of I look at what their coaches do, in when it's crunch time, and you know, their coaches defer their 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 coaches' decisions defer, and like they they just go off the field. <laughs> this past Sunday, the Cleveland and Chargers game, I had somebody ask me why are you so down on Baker. Why are you so down on Baker? Why you got to criticize Baker every time the Browns lose? I don't criticize Baker every time the Browns lose. But everybody, people ask, why you criticize Baker so much? Well, okay. I think this past Sunday, like I said, Kevin Stefanski, he made an interesting play call. On third and 10, mind you, Cleveland's defense can't stop a nosebleed. Justin Herbert is scorching hot. He's he's as hot as the sun right now. His weapons are healthy. His weapon, the Chargers have a litany of weapons. And your defense can't stop a nosebleed right now. Mind you, your offense is also, your offense have generated 500 plus yards. And on third and 10, Kevin Stefanski decides to run the football. What? And people ask me, why I'm so low on Baker? Ask Kevin Stefanski. Why? why what, what? What kind of play call was that? <laughs> what? What kind of play call was that? But on the on the flip side, I have Brandon Staley, Chargers coach, head coach of the Chargers. I have Brandon Staley on fourth. On, he's letting he's letting young second year Justin Herbert go for it on fourth down. He's going for it on fourth down with young second year Justin Herbert. Because he has that much confidence in him. So, like I said, when I'm evaluating these quarterbacks, I try to look at it from a clear view, through clear lenses, and so forth. People think I don't like certain guys. No, it's not that. I just take into what account I see. And then sometimes their coach give it away in certain situations. That's why I say, pay attention to what coaches, what, what type of decisions that these coaches make on later downs. It'll tell you what you need to know about what coaches think about their quarterbacks. I told you guys this all last year about Jared Goff. I was right. I told you guys about this all last year with Jared Goff and Sean McVay. I was telling you guys, even when they were winning games, I was telling you guys, I was like, you know what, this Sean McVay, this Sean McVay and this Jared Golf dynamic, something ain't right. Something ain't right. Sean McVay has lost confidence in Jared Goff. He don't trust him. He can't. He, he can't even open up the entire the entirety of his playbook because he don't trust Jared Goff. That's literally what I said. That same offseason, Jared Goff got traded to Detroit. Bring in Matthew Staff. That's why I, so and, and, I mean, and it's 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 all it's so it's so damn difficult to evaluate these quarterbacks. Like, there's people, and I and I want to talk about Lamar a little bit, but there's people that and Lamar played outstanding Monday night football. Second half of that game. Outstanding performance from Lamar Jackson, but there are some people that remain on the bandwagon of bashing Lamar Jackson. Now, mind you, I still, as great as he's looked so far in these first five games of the season, I still think there's a ways to go or there's some progression that needs to be made. But there are some people that's just blatantly wrong about Lamar Jackson, and they don't want to admit it. But 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 but, but Baltimore. And Harbaugh and and John Harbaugh, they're telling me all I need to know about what they think about Lamar Jackson. They trust him. They trust him. Game on the line, they trust him. They trust him. So when people ask me, why are you so down on Mac Jones? Why are you so down on Baker Mayfield? Why are you so down on this one? I mean, yeah, I, I have my reasonings. I have my reasons as why, as to why. Um, you know, some of it is because of their ceiling. Some of it, I think, you know, I, you guys know my thing about Baker. I think Baker kind of benefits off of the weapons that he has surrounding him. I think the weapons, so I think the weapons around him uplift, up, up. They uplift him more than he uplifts those other guys. That's just my opinion, and I'm not sure if you can win a Super Bowl like that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And and then with and then with this with this past Sunday. What I saw from Kevin Stefanski on third and ten, when your offense has been moving the ball up and down the field, you scored 42 points. 42 points, moving the ball up and down the field, and you decide to run it on third and ten, and give the ball back to Justin Herbert, who is scorching hot. It just don't make much sense. And you gotta, and you gotta ask yourself, why would Kevin Stefanski? Because I think Kevin Stefanski is a pretty good coach. I've praised him on this podcast many of times. So you got to ask yourself, okay, Kevin, I think, I think Kevin Stefanski's a, a a fine coach. I think he's pretty good. Why what in the hell made him make that decision? What why what, what why run it on third and ten? And you gotta really ask yourself, you gotta really deep, you gotta think and like, what, oh, Baker later, later on downs, I'm telling you. It's easier to evaluate these quarterbacks. or it, it, it becomes a little bit easier to evaluate these quarterbacks when their own coaches and teams make decisions on later downs. It, you pay attention to that. You pay attention to that. and so, As the game is winding down in critical moments, please – pay attention to the play calling, pay attention pay attention to the decision making that is made from these coaches and it'll tell you a lot of what they think about their quarterbacks. I'm not saying Kevin Stefanski doesn't he's I'm not saying he's he's lost or he has no trust, no faith in Baker Mayfield, but it is a bit telling when you have generated 500 yards of offense, and you decide to you elect to run the ball on thir- on third and ten. Where on the other side of the field, Brandon Staley has no he he ain't questioning Justin Herbert. He's just he throwing Herbert out there. Fourth and fourth fourth down, go for it. Later on downs, he's letting Justin play. I don't know. It's a bit telling. It's a bit telling. That's all. Kevin, you think? Do you think Kevin Stefanski is running the football on third and ten? If he has Patrick Mahomes, you think? You think that's happening? If that's Josh Allen, third and ten, you think that's ha- like? You got to ask yourself: It it would would those teams elect to run the ball on third down, or would the Browns elect to run the ball on third down if Mahomes was their quarterback? And you factor in the fact that. Cleveland offensively have been moving the ball. I can see if you, I can see if it's been a struggle offensively to move the ball and so forth. You can't really, you're not really gaining any type of momentum going up and down the field, no type of field position and so forth. Right. I can understand that from a standpoint, but your team has generated 500 yards, 42 points and your defense can't stop a nosebleed. Why be conservative? and give the ball back to Justin Herbert just doesn't make sense. Just doesn't make sense. You know, I, I, there, there's, and there's, there's examples of just these coaches making some head scratching decisions. There's examples of it. There's just, there's blatant examples of it, but I'm gonna give you guys my top 10 list. Um, my top 10 list going into week six after the conclusion of week five, going into week six, my top ten list, I'm so excited. I haven't done a top ten list in so long. So let's get into it. All right. So my top ten list, I, I, you know, I have fun doing these. I really do. I have a lot of fun doing these. Um, My top ten list, like I said, I think we have found a defined – these teams are all – I think all going to probably be, make the playoffs – This is, I think, we're starting to get closer and closer where we have a defined, legitimate, like a legitimate top 10 list. These teams won't be interchangeable. Uh, I I think from about 10, most of this list, the teams could be interchangeable on a week-in, week-out basis. But this is just based off of five weeks into the season, heading into week six, this is my top, these are my top 10 teams. I still think, and I, you guys know, I don't do the whole record thing. And like, no, 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 no. I, we take into account everything. But these are my top 10 teams. So let's start with it. Let's go from 10. At number 10, I had the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I know. They're two and three. But they're still really, really explosive offensively. Now, I like I said, they cannot run the football. They struggle to run the football. And that is a big problem. And they try to do gimmick they try to do the gimmicky running scheme, like it just doesn't work. It, it it doesn't work no matter how you chop it up. They cannot run the football effectively. Now they can still win shootouts, um, but defensively, it it they have problems all over the place. First, turnovers. They're too turnover prone. They they're they're tied with the Jacksonville Jaguars for the most turnovers in football this year. That is not good. I already told you guys. Patrick Mahomes has six interceptions. That's as many as he had last year. Um, So uh, turnovers, they got to clean these up. They're losing football games because they're just turning over to football. They're being too sloppy. Um, And then their defense is giving up almost – it's giving up seven yards per play. That's That's not a recipe for success. So hopefully Kansas City tightens this thing up. Um, they get a little bit better offensively, as far as not you know being so loose with the ball, being so sloppy. But I got them. I got them at ten for now. Um, at number nine, I got the Cleveland Browns. Um, I, I know they lost again. They lost another tough game. Um, their their two losses came against really good football teams, the Chiefs and the Chargers. So th- those those are legitimate like opponents, but they have. Blown another 10 point lead. And that is my problem. They blew another 10 point lead. They blew a 10 point lead to the Chiefs. They blew a 10 point lead to the Chargers. That is my thing with. And that's why I'm so just mind boggled. Like, just, I find it so mind boggling that Kevin Stefanski would make a decision like that on third and 10, because I feel like those are the type of games, you know, looking at how, looking at, where the Chargers are heading this year and looking, you know, that that game, the result of that game, may be the result of you not having home field advantage for a game or two. Like, that's how that's how crucial these games start to get when both teams look like they're gonna they look like they're on a trajectory for the postseason. That's where that po that's where that seeding comes into play in those head-to-head matchups. So I found that quite odd. But Cleveland. They have an identity, but once again, I question when you're when you're playing up against the better quarterbacks, the upper echelon quarterbacks, such as the Patrick Mahomes, the Justin Herberts, how does Baker Mayfield play? How does he combat that? And yet, I know it's still early, but they're 0 2 in those type of games. You know what I mean? They're 0 2 in those type of games. They have an identity. But what happens when crunch time later later on don't don't down doing the stretch of the game in third down, fourth down, what's the approach for Cleveland? We still gotta figure that out. At number eight, I got the Packers. The Packers, they're they're a good football team. Um, but their offensive line, it's average. It's 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 average. It's better than what I was making it out to be, but it's still an average offensive line. They escaped Cincinnati with a win, but that was an ugly victory. But sometimes you need some of those. And then once again, they have no second option outside of Devontae Adams. Outside of Devontae Adams in the passing game, it's just it's just so so limited for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. So that's what that's what that's what worries me a bit. Um, like I said, these these teams could be interchangeable. But I I have the Packers at eight. Um, they're four and one, so I have them at eight. Uh, at number seven, the Chargers. I think the Chargers right now, right now, right now, right now, would beat the Packers. I think the Chargers would beat the Packers right now. Um, now they do have a problem. They do have a problem with stopping the run, but the Chargers get this. They are hitting on their draft picks. Their draft, their 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 high draft picks. Their hits. Asante Samuel Jr., really good. Nice, nice pickup, nice draft pick. Nice pick in the second round for the Chargers. And then Rashad Slater, he's having a really good rookie season at left tackle. He looks like one of the more, he looks like one of the better left tackles in football as a rookie. And then obviously we know about Justin Herbert from last year. So the Chargers, they're hitting on a lot of their picks. And they're, they're effective. They're, efe- they're, they're effective and electrifying offensively. They can do a little bit of everything on offense. And defensively, they got studs in in certain areas. They struggle to stop the run. But I like what they have in the secondary, obviously, with Darren James and so forth. But then you add in the fact with Asante Samuel, he looks, he looks to be a part. So I like the Chargers at seven. And plus, Justin, Justin Herbert, he's just a ball player. Justin Herbert is just a ball player. He get, it seems like he's just I don't know, he's just maturing every single week and it's it's been like that since he's taken over as from last year. It's it's just he gets better and better just with more reps and more games. So I got the Chargers at 7. At 6, I got the Baltimore Ravens. I got the Ravens. Um Lamar this whole the whole narrative that Lamar can't play from behind, that is over. That narrative is gone. Monday night football they came he came back from a 19 point deficit um and actually three of his last seven wins have been from behind so the whole narrative that Lamar can't play from behind it's kind of we it's time to put that to bed because he's winning ball games win trailing he's coming back and winning ball games so I, I, so that's covered now I do think Baltimore as great as Lamar has been, I think with the injuries to certain, they didn't have they their first round wide receivers hurt Rashad Bateman. uh, they, They obviously they have a litany of injuries at the running back position and so forth. I do think they're becoming a bit like Lamar dependent. They're they're becoming a bit Lamar dependent, but I still like this Ravens team. They and you know considering the fact with all they had to go through, I've. I like this Ravens team. I got them at six. At number five, I got the Bucs. The Bucs still don't look like the Bucks that won the Super Bowl. Um, they looked pretty good this past week versus Miami, but they still don't look like that same Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that won the Super Bowl. And some of it is – like most of it is on the defensive side of the ball. They're just, they just don't look to part – we all know as the season progresses, and you know we get closer and closer to the postseason, the Buccaneers hopefully are health, a little bit healthy by, by then. Um, you know, I think they we know they'll be there. Hopefully, they're one of those teams that just get better as the season continues. But I got the Buccaneers at number five. At number four, I got the Rams. Um, Stafford been a little. Uh, he's been a little inconsistent of late. Um, but the Rams are still an electrifying uh, offensive team. I like what they can do defensively, and with them being so explosive and electrifying on offense, we forget that they they're a physical football team at heart. Like th- they play with a lot of physicality, so they can do a little bit of both, and that's what I really like about this Rams team. They can get you with their high-powered, high, you know, it, they can they can win they can win track beats now. They can win shootouts now. But also when it's time to get physical, when it's time to put on your big boy pants and run the football, the Rams can do that as well. So I like both elements that they now have. Something that I thought they were struggling with last year. They didn't have that over-the-top beat you deep element, track meet speed element. They now have that on top of the physicality that they bring on in the running game. So I like the Rams at four. Um still a really good football team. At three, I got the Cardinals. You know, I, I think the biggest thing for me that I, you know, I and a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I was I was a little bit rough on the Cardinals because I was like, hey, uh, you know, they started off three and zero. They started off fast pretty they part they started off pretty fast off, you know, last year. So we'll see how they look against the Rams and the 49ers and Lord and behold they've beaten both teams and that 49ers win they didn't even play great so that 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 shows me a sign that they didn't even play good and they still beat a really good team in the 49ers um but Kyla Murray has just gotten better as a passer like as a peer passer he's just gotten better like you know he's he's all he was always a pretty good passer but his first year Second year, third year, like it's just step after step after step. So I like Kyler Mary's progression. So I got the Cardinals at three, not to mention they got some veterans all over the place. They're able to rush the quarterback. They got playmakers in the secondary here and there. So I think it's a real bound, a well-balanced oil machine in uh, Arizona. We'll see how the season continues with Arizona, though. I got them at number three. At number two, I got the Dallas Cowboys. I do. In their five games. They have not played a bad game. I got the Cowboys at number two. They haven't played a bad game yet. Even, even the game that they lost versus Tampa Bay, they played pretty good. Like the defense got turnovers. Dak and the, and the offense was moving the ball up and down the field. Sec, special teams was a bit shaky. But overall, the Cowboys, in their in the, in the five weeks of play so far, they have yet to play a bad game. So I got the Cowboys at two. Defensively, they lead the league in turnovers. Trayvon Diggs, like I said, he's turned into a stud, an absolute stud at the DB position. So the Cowboys, I mean, this is this is probably the most balanced Cowboys team that I have seen over the last ten years, over the last decade. This is probably the most balanced Cowboys team. Yes, I said it. Yes, I got them at number two, and then at number one, I got the Bills. Uh, Like I told you guys my biggest concern about the bills were they didn't have a pass rush last year. They now have a pass rush. Now they don't have too many weaknesses. I like the bills at number one. Um, I think it's clear over the last, you know, over the last couple of weeks that they have looked like the best team in football so far. Um, the Cowboys are really close there. There's some teams that's really close to that, but I feel like the bills have put themselves in, um, not necessarily a different level, but they you they look like the best team in football. They do. The Bills look like the best team in football. So that, was, that is my top ten list going into week six after week five. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will be back. Like I told you guys, I got a special guest coming on on Friday. I should. I should have a special guest coming on on Friday. So hopefully this week you guys will get two episodes, a Wednesday episode and a Saturday episode. So that should be really, really fun, really entertaining. Uh, But I hope you guys enjoyed. Always remember, two choices, one decision. I am out. Peace. Deuces. Enjoy.